Hi, superstars. Welcome to another edition of Awesome Overflow. This is your Awesome Overflow for June 2020. And in case you were wondering if you were watching your podcast app and you did not see an overflow for May, you're right. We did not get one put together for you guys in May, but Rebecca has joined me today so that we can make sure that you all have a June overflow. We have some things to talk about. So hello, Rebecca. Hi. Hi, superstars. So good to talk again. So we have um, a couple of things we wanted to cover this month. Of course, if you're new to being a superstar, this may be the first time you've gotten to hear an awesome overflow. The awesome overflow is an episode. It's like a little bonus for you guys. It's something that we put together every month to just kind of fill you in on the things that have not made it onto the main Sort of Awesome show that comes out on Fridays. Oftentimes, we will mention things in the overflow that um, maybe are like extra awesomes of the week kind of thing. Maybe we just don't have enough words for it to fill out a whole segment for Awesome of the Week. Or maybe it's something that's a little personal, a little peek behind the scenes, <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, a little bit more private that we entrust to our superstars. So we are so thankful for the support of our superstars. We've gotten to meet so many new people through the Patreon this summer, and it has been so incredible to get to know you guys. So if you are new to being a superstar, welcome. And for those of you who have been here for a while, thank you again for your ongoing support of Sword Awesome. It really does mean so much. So speaking of Patreon, Rebecca, if yes. you don't mind, I'm going to do a little housekeeping first. I'm going to try, you know, like I have this terrible tendency to terribly over-explain things. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so Rebecca, you tell me if I start like repeating myself over and over, just give me an old, like a, like a wrap it up hand signal. Okay. <laughs> so first things first. Hopefully, each of you who are Patreon um, subscribers got an email around the beginning of June to explain that Patreon is now going to be um, charging sales tax on your Patreon pledges. Now, inside scoop, this is something that was not Patreon's idea. This is something that many state governments, for those of you who are in the U.S., many state governments are absolutely pushing and making mandatory that digital products n now are subject to sales tax. I mean, Rebecca, I, I guess we had to know that the, the sort of golden era of like no sales tax on digital products, it couldn't last forever, right? Yeah, I'm still putting my head in the sand. It just stresses me out on all kinds of levels. <laughs> Well, we know that the government likes to make sure that they collect all of their pennies. And so that is what they are doing with digital goods. And that is now affecting Patreon. So it is a platform wide change that will be happening. It starts July 1st. And the tricky thing is because it is by state, it will not affect everyone. Some states are like, yes, go ahead, charge those taxes on those digital products. Other states are like, what digital products? You guys just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> so it's a, it's really hard to know at this point. I mean, I do have a list. I can, I do kind of have a list from Patreon of states where if you reside there, um, you can expect to see the sales tax come in. But as with all things having to do with um, government and those types of things, who knows, it could change. I will say that Patreon did make it possible for us to adjust some things in our settings to 
basically, I w- I'm going to try not to get into the weeds on this, but for some of you all in different states, it, you may not be charged on the entire $5 that your pledge is. It may only charge you for $250 of that. And then the amount of tax that's collected also varies by state. So I want to say this. Look at, I looked at all of the tables and all of the charts. The very most, the very most that you would possibly be charged is 50 extra cents a month. But for most of you, this may be like five cents a month that you're seeing your Patreon pledge um, increase by. So I know it's a little confusing. I did just want to make you aware of the fact that this was not Patreon just all of a sudden being like, we got to start doing taxes. Um, also, they did proactively try to see if um, creators could say, oh, it's okay, I'll cover the tax for my patrons. And they're like, nope, the government was like, that's not a thing. You <laughs> have to actually collect it from your patrons. And so anyway, like I said, this is going to start on July 1st. So if that if your totals, especially if you're like me, you support a lot of creators in Patreon, you get that big receipt at the beginning of the month. And you're like, what the heck, this is not what I was paying before. That's a little bit of explanation for you. Does that make sense, Rebecca? Yes. So there's a potential five to 50 cent increase coming but just based off of our sort of awesome Patreon pledges. And if yes. you support more Patreon, then there yes. could be there could be a higher number there. But okay. Five yeah. to fifty cents. I I, yeah. I can handle that. <laughs> it's not great. It's not what we would have chosen, but here we are. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Okay. So the other Patreon housekeeping thing I wanted to tell you all, if you have not been listening to the um, daily episodes that we've been putting together, my husband Kyle and I, we started out as sort of Awesome Plus, and then we transitioned to Awesome Today, then you might have missed this announcement. And that is that we are going to be taking Awesome Today and um, launching it out publicly into the world. We're going to do that on July 6th. I I keep wanting to say July 5th, July the 6th, it's going to go public in the big wide world of Apple podcasts and beyond. So we are going to definitely be um, hopeful that our awesomes will support us and putting out some specific calls to action as we get awesome today onto the world to bring ultimately, and we kind of went into this on one of the episodes of awesome today to explain Our vision for this is a couple of things. We want to, first of all, fill a space in the podcast industry that we just do not see anybody else doing, and that is creating a daily show that has, you know, more of a woman-led sensibility to it, that it's more, of course, Kyle is my co-host on there, but it's a little bit more geared towards what women like to talk about. There are daily podcasts. In fact, some of the most popular podcasts in the world, like Joe Rogan and Adam Carolla, those are daily podcasts. But I don't know. Rebecca, have you ever listened to either of those shows? No, I I, I don't know who they are. <laughs> okay. Joe Rogan has the most popular podcast in the world, basically. He's at the top of the charts always with his daily podcast. I had not listened to them until recently. And I was like, yeah, these are just I'm not the ideal listener here. It's a it's a lot. It's really man centered. It's a lot of sex humor and just, you know, diving into topics that are fine for, you know, discussion, just like not anything I'm interested in. So we thought, why isn't there a woman doing daily podcasts to kind of keep people company as they're 
ostensibly sitting at work, although many people are working from home right now, or if they're on their morning commutes or walking the dog or doing the morning dishes, whatever. We just kind of wanted to be able to show up for people in that way. And then hopefully through that, draw people into the bigger sort of awesome family. So we're hoping that this will help us to continue to grow the show sort of awesome, but also to spread the message of being an awesome in the world. So that's going to start in July. And so that means you are going to see a change on Patreon and that you won't be getting those daily episodes anymore. So we do have some plans for upcoming Patreon content um, from the Sorta Awesome team, but just know as we move into July, when you don't see those showing up in your um, apps anymore or in your Patreon feed, that that is because we're taking it out to the big wide world. So we'll see what happens, Rebecca. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. It has been a great, great project for us, and I'm really excited to see what the future is with that. So that's the housekeeping stuff. Okay, I, I managed to do that in under 10 minutes. It probably could have been done in like five. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, Rebecca has some stuff that she is going to share with us here in a little bit about some stuff that, that has been going on in their family and how it impacted her having to do with this time of quarantine in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So we're going to get to that in a few minutes. First, I do have a couple of recommendations that because we're going to take a little bit of a light break from the regular sort of awesome show for the, for a little while um, on Fridays, then I, I'm like, I can't, I can't not give these, these would be awesomes of the week and they may show up as awesomes of the week at some point, but I'm like, I can't not tell people about these things. The first two things I want to tell you are some podcasts. One is silly, one is a little bit, well, it's not just a little bit, one's more serious. Rebecca, which do you want me to do first? Oh, well, oh, oh the pressure. I don't know. <laughs> okay, hit, um, hit me with the silly one. Okay. So one of my favorite, favorite, favorite episodes and um, podcasts that I listen to every week is called True Crime Obsessed. It is hosted by Jillian Pensavale and Patrick Hines, and in that series in that podcast, they watch true crime documentaries and then recap them. So one episode per documentary. I love True Crime Obsessed. It has been an awesome of the week on the show before, and I'm sure I've referenced it in other places. It's so funny. I don't like to watch true crime documentaries. They upset me as a highly sensitive person. But since Patrick and Jillian are so funny, when they give the recaps of it, it doesn't bother me. So it works out perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So the Obsessed Network, which is what they kind of created after they had been doing True Crime Obsessed for a while, it's also growing. So they have a new show that they have added to their stable, and it's called Obsessed with Disappeared. And on this podcast, you get Patrick Hines, who, again, one of the co-hosts and creators of True Crime Obsessed. He is joined by his longtime best friend, who also happens to be a Broadway star, an actual Broadway star, um, Ellen Marsh. And they watch episodes of the show. I think it's on ID Network. I feel like that might be case, the case. It's called Disappeared. And it basically, well tell stories of people who have just simply vanished. Most of the episodes, they don't know what ended up happening to the person. They're people who have literally just disappeared. Okay. And just to clarify, this is your 
silly, lighthearted podcast recommendation. <laughs> this is silly. It is because, again, it's that same sensibility of just um, recapping it, but doing it in a way that is so funny. Now, of course, they are sensitive to the material. I mean, you have to sort of be have a certain understanding of what their deal is when they they do these the the obsessed network or whatever. Um, but they're sensitive to the fact that these are real cases of people that had you know they're really hurting and um, sad for the people who have disappeared. Patrick and Ellen are so funny, and I was a little skeptical at first because I was like, "Oh, I just love Patrick and Jillian. I've listened to them for years. Am I going to am I going to like somebody?" new that I have to get to know and all of that. And I was so happily surprised. Ellen is so funny. She's different from Jillian, but also has the same kind of, um, you know, light snarkiness and silliness to her. Uh, She's super self-deprecating and just really funny. And their chemistry is amazing. Like I said, they've been best friends like since college, I think. And I usually listen to that in the mornings when I am walking the dogs and I am like laughing like a crazy person walking my dogs in the neighborhood because they get me giggling so much. So yes, the topic, the subject matter, you might be like, oh, really? Okay. But I know what you mean. Like there's some (laughs) ways that you can just put a spin on it. I remember when I was first really getting into podcasts, I listened to one that talked all about food. And when I say it, like I bet you'll recognize the name. I think it was called Milk. Spilled Milk. Spilled milk. That's right. Yes. Yes. And so they would talk about like a deep dive into cotton candy or baked beans. And you'd be like, this is going to be the most boring episode I've ever heard in my life. But they were delightful. So I understand what you're what you're saying there. Yes, exactly. It's the same thing. Just the people are what makes it funny, not necessarily the subject matter. Right. So again, that podcast is called Obsessed with Disappeared. Um, one of their most recent episodes, they cover the Mara Murray case, which is super, super famous in the true crime world. And it was one of the stories that Emily covered on one of um, her and my episodes of Something Bad Happened on Sort of Awesome. So you could go over and check out their episode on Mara Murray. And Patrick actually got to interview um, Mara Murray's sister and talk to her about some of the developments in the case. And she gives us some inside scoop on what is going on with that. And it's a really good interview, too. Not as silly as like the regular stuff, but very fascinating if you are into the true crime thing. Okay. What's your other recommendation? Okay. The more serious one came from, came recommended to me by Laura Tremaine. She posted about it on her personal Instagram, I believe. It's from the New York Times and it's called Rabbit Hole. Have you heard of this? Yes. So I saw that Laura recommended it. I took a screenshot as I do to keep track of my podcast recommendations. And then you did give me a heads up that you want to talk about it today. So I yes. hit play on it and I'm only one and a half episodes through. But I, okay. I so I am getting like a, a feel for it, but I, I cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Okay. So Rabbit Hole, like I said, it's a production from the New York Times, and it looks at basically their premise is what is the internet doing to us? And they, it's like an eight part series, and they really focus in and look through the lens of what is YouTube doing to us? And so they, (laughs) I love YouTube culture. Like this is like, Oh, I am so here for this. And I I have fallen down rabbit holes in YouTube uh-huh. that I am still drowning in. So I, I feel also a little bit attacked. But keep going. 
<laughs> it is an attack on your personal brand. <laughs> um, you know, it's one thing to fall down a Harry Styles rabbit hole, but they start out the series. <laughs> they start out the series with something a little bit more nefarious, a little bit darker. Um, they start with talking to a guy named Caleb who admits that he he says his like his whole thing, his whole story is I was radicalized um, by the alt right because of YouTube. And he talks about how, well, he, I mean, again, this is just the first part of this whole series, but he talks about how he was in a dark and lonely place in his life and how YouTube um, seemed to be meeting a need that he had for just like some help, self-help stuff, but that that, you know, like one video leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And before he knew it, he like had become this totally different person with all of these beliefs he'd never had before. And then it tells what happens to him after that. And so that's like part of it. There is an in-depth interview with the CEO of YouTube. They also trace like what um, the development of the YouTube algorithm has looked like over time. So there's all of that. Um, They also talk about PewDiePie and all of the controversy around him and the whole, you know, Rebecca, you and I talked, mentioned on overflows in the past, the PewDiePie T-Series race for subscribers. Well, they go back even further into PewDiePie's history from that, give a really good explainer on what the controversies around PewDiePie were. And then there is a full length interview with PewDiePie, which I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they got this access to him. And he's very honest it is really good and really compelling. And then the series ends with talking about QAnon and how people find themselves um, falling down the rabbit hole of the QAnon. Um, some might call it conspiracy theory. Uh, uh, conspiracy theory. Some people might call it a belief system. Whatever you want to call QAnon. <laughs> They examined that too. So it's, I mean, I say it's serious. It is because it gives you a lot to think about. And Rebecca, they end with talking about, oh, don't even worry about YouTube anymore because now it's all about TikTok. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I know. I know. I was just talking to Nate last night about like the kinds of TikTok videos that I see versus like what he sees. Yes. It's, it's fascinating. It, oh, the whole gosh. algorithm of, of it all. Yes. The TikTok algorithm is insane. And Kyle and I will sit side by side and we are seeing completely different videos on TikTok based on obviously Kyle is seeing, he's like you. He doesn't like a thing on there, but he'll send me, he'll text me TikToks. So he loves, we both love to see TikToks with peppers in them. We both find them. Absolutely entertaining. So Wait, puppy, puppy dogs. You, <laughs> I said peppers. <laughs> you said you totally said peppers, and I'm like peppers I, and I was, red peppers, <laughs> poblano peppers, jalapeno peppers. <laughs> I was 100 percent expecting you to say puppies or animals, and then I was like peppers, <laughs> and I was like envisioning like a little red pepper, like doing a little jig on the countertop or something. If you look far enough into TikTok, you you could probably get yourself into the red pepper algorithm of TikTok. But wait, I'm confused. I mean, you have new puppies in your life. Do you call them peppers? No, puppers. Puppers. I just, I must have, peppers, you know, like P U P P E R S, peppers. 
puppers? Like, yes. <laughs> is this something? Is this something that other people say? Puppers? I say puppers a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. I, don't I know. mean, I don't have a pupper in my life, but I <laughs> puppers. Okay. Uh, okay, so you weren't having a stroke. Like, you really did try to say puppers. Yeah. Now, maybe I got really excited and maybe it did come out as peppers. But what I meant to say was peppers or doggos or doggers or. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have I become a dog person? Is that what has happened here? Well, there's some sort of disconnect happening between you and I right now. And I'm going to blame it on that. I'm yeah. Maybe this is just my ignorance. I am not aware of all the pet names for pets, and that's that's my problem. Okay, puppers, puppers. Back to puppers TikTok. So anyway, so you and Kyle, you're watching puppers videos. Yeah, he he will send me. He'll text me TikToks um, that he thinks I'll like that have peppers and other. We like cats too we don't i guess we don't have any silly names for cats but um he'll send those my way so he gets served a lot of those now on the other hand i'm sorry i'm just giggling so much that you just like casually throw that in there well i guess we don't have any silly names for cats (laughs) okay i'm sorry continue well, now I'm going to be thinking, like, am I actually a dog person that I have all of these little um, pet names for just the word dog? <laughs> I, I mean, know. in your defense, like, there are a lot. Like, dog, puppy. Uh, Doggo. <laughs> no, that's – I think that's – okay, whatever. Okay. Okay. Um, so, dogs and, and cats. So, you're watching yes. videos of dogs and cats. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So TikTok has figured out, oh, this person likes a lot of dog videos. He gets a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I get some, but not as many as he does. Now, I uh, I use the heart feature with wild and reckless abandon. Okay. I, I liken heart things on there all the time. Anyway, what, we, what started us down <laughs> this very unlikely path is just talking about the TikTok algorithm. It is crazy. I genuinely feel like it can read my mind in terms of what it puts on my For You feed. It's insane. Yeah, it really Um, is. And Kyle, too, Kyle likes, um, you know, sort of more like country humor, like, um, you know, like farms and blah, blah, blah. Like, it just reminds him of his growing up uh, environment. And so before... And he, before he had ever even sent me one of those, it like somehow figured out, and again, he's not liking anything, that he likes those and served him a lot of those. It's I think it has bizarre. to be watch time, you know? Cause like, okay, yes. You know, mm-hmm. what you're swiping on and what you're, what you're yeah. watching. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, all of that to say, the New York Times series, uh, Rabbit Hole is excellent. There's a lot to talk about. It's, it's a really easy binge. I mean, I listen to the whole thing in under 24 hours, but I just was like, I'm just going to listen to this whole thing. Um, it's really good. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I started it and I'm excited to keep listening. I have always been fascinated with YouTube culture. And so the idea of the algorithm and all that that plays into things, I mean, I'm here for it. I can't wait to listen. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, really quickly, speaking of TikTok, I have three TikTok accounts that um, for anybody who's just starting on TikTok and likes to actually follow people. <laughs> I have a recommendation. I checked. I'm following 10 people. 
Okay. Do you want to tell yours first? Sure. So um, I'm suggesting, and of course I don't know how to pronounce her name because I'm an idiot, but it's Sheena Malawi. And that's S-H-E-E-N-A dot M-E-L-W-A-N-I. Sheena Malawi. Malawi. Malani. Whatever. Okay. (laughs) I hate saying people's names because I'm always paranoid and messing them up. And I always am. So (laughs) she does. She has this beautiful singing voice. Okay. And so she's singing these songs at the piano. She plays the piano. She sings. It's absolutely beautiful. And like her first psalm to really take off, um, (laughs) it gets a million views. And it's the psalm. Let me see here. What is it called? Okay. It's called If the World Was Ending. And it is by J.P. Sachs and Julia Michaels. So it's that psalm. But if the world was ending, you come over, right? You know yes. that song? Okay. So yes. she so yes. she's playing it and in the background you hear her dad start adding his commentary. And her her caption is Indian dads be like dot dot dot. So she's singing the song, but if the world was ending, you come over, right? And he's like, False. No. You come over and you'd stay the night. No, it, that's a terrible time to travel when the world is ending. Okay, so he basically, and that's the whole thing. So that got her a million views and went went viral for her. She does them all the time. It's so funny, so hilarious. The dad is always like, no to boys, don't be lazy, get an education. Um, she did one just recently that I thought was hilarious it's the song before he cheats by carrie underwoods uh carrie underwood and she has the line you know carve my name into his leather seats and he's like no 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 you never leave evidence at the scene of a crime what are you doing (laughs) and so then she continues to sing and the whole rest of the time he's just like criticizing her and saying like what were you thinking? You're going to go to jail. And you should. You should have put his name in it. I mean, it's just absolutely hilarious. I love the two of them together. You never see the dad. It's always just her. She's, it's always his voice off screen. Yes. And she's <laughs> always like just busting up laughing. Her voice is beautiful. She's beautiful. Father's hilarious. I just love it all. I am going to immediately find and follow her. That sounds amazing. So great. Okay, I'm going to give you guys three really quick. Just going to run through them. The first one I have is Kayla Breslin. I just found her um, just a few days ago. She is a young woman. She's a black woman. She's I think she's about 21. She's definitely like in that college age, but still like I think she still lives in a dorm when it's not quarantine time. Um, so she is adopted. She has white parents, which this is sort of like the lens that she does her TikTok through. <laughs> So she, oh, it's so sweet. So she'll be like doing a dance and then she'll make her parents get on screen and do it. And they are like white people in their probably 50s doing these dances. And they, this, you can just feel like she's so tickled by it. Like she's not making fun of them. She thinks it is hilarious, but also she loves them so much. Right. And I just, they are so sweet. I laugh and also makes me a little teary eyed. And I thought it was really good. She is just now kind of starting recently. I went back and like watched some of her past ones, but she's recently started talking a little bit more openly about adoption and what it's been like to be a 
black women raised by white parents and stuff like that. And so, you know, that's the great thing about TikTok is you get a little bit of a mix of, um, you know, some of these, especially younger TikTokers living their life, but also talking about real things. So anyway, that's Kayla Breslin. I'll put um, a link for her in the show notes. Her last name is B-R-E-S-L-I-N. Okay, another one that I just, I think he's so funny. His name's Tyler Jerry. He's a comedian of sorts, like an amateur comedian, I think. And he just does dad humor, like just like dad jokes, but he'll do like um, extended ones. Um, for example, like what your dad says when you're packing to go on a trip. And like, it'll be just like different shots of him, like, don't forget, blah, blah, blah. And you know, um, like another one was dad's listening to classic rock. <laughs> And I sent it to the girls and we were laughing so much because it was like, it was like listening to how Kyle listens to classic rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, um, Red Moon Rising came on and he was like, Hey guys, a little CCR for you. Hey, which Kyle has said that actual sentence <laughs> anytime, uh, that song plays. So anyway, I just get so tickled by him. TikTok knows I love him. They show me his uh, newest TikToks every time I open my feed, I feel like. Did, did he do one about um, dads, like, making fun of teenagers for sleeping in? Yes, that's it. Okay, okay. Yes. yes, I saw that one, and it was really, okay. I'm on board. <laughs> He's funny. I get it. I get the joke. It's really good. He's pretty funny. Okay, the last one is called Cosplay in Color, and this is by a creator named Amara Young, and she's super into cosplay. She's gorgeous and um, does cosplay of all different kinds of Disney characters, you know, all the usual suspects for um, cosplay. And she's just like so joyful and her cosplay is really good. And I just super enjoy her. I have never been one to be like, oh, let's see what this cosplay thing is about. I've always been a little bit like, why do people do this? <laughs> <laughs> but, but there are a lot of cosplayers on TikTok I started watching him and I was like, I, it's cosplay is one of those things where for me, I'm like, I personally will never do this. <laughs> Obviously, I'm like my mid 40s. Hey, you can do cosplay at whatever age you want, though. Okay. Um, this isn't my thing, but it brings people so much joy that I just love. I just enjoy watching them do the thing of cosplay. So anyway, that account is called Cosplay in Color. And again, her name's Amara Young. So I'll put all of these handles, TikTok handles in the show notes for this for you guys. Great. I look forward to checking them out. Okay, Rebecca, now yes. that I have hogged up all of the airtime on this overflow, let's catch up with you. You guys have had some, um, well, some rocky times lately with the, the kiddos and sickness. Tell us all about it. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, that sounds a little bit maybe overly dramatic. We're all fine. Everybody's fine. We're okay. all fine. But um, so we're still in the midst of quarantine here. I think, okay, so um, Pennsylvania has like this uh, stoplight, like red, green, yellow light system of, of these different levels of uh, our lockdown. And okay. I think, I believe that we are scheduled to go to green um, this week, this Friday, which um, means that we'll finally be, at, by the time this comes out, it'll just be a few days that we're at green. Okay. However, at green still has a lot of restrictions. Um, it feels like we only just recently went to 
Well, at Green, our salons can open. So that's like where we're at. Our gyms have still been closed. Our salons have still been closed. Um, Inside seating for restaurants, I think, only just started. And I'm not even... 100% 100% sure if it actually did start. I know there's a lot of, they've moved to outdoor seating. And um, anyway, it just, there. we have been very slow to open up. And I know that things are really varied based off of region. So that's just like where I'm at is mm-hmm. um, my, my county in Pennsylvania. Because even within Pennsylvania, like other counties have opened up more. But ours is... Uh, I guess we haven't been doing well. I don't know. Um, But we've been still what I would consider definitely in quarantine. Yeah. So my um, family, we've kind of taken the approach of, you know, for a long time, we were just 100% self-isolated. And then we, starting at like Mother's Day, we opened up our quarantine circle to include um, our immediate family that lives in the area. Well, I guess our extended family that lives in the area. So grandparents and cousins, you know, those people. Mm -hmm. And that was good for us because I think we were Everybody was kind of been on the same page because also in our area, there's been a lot of like variation into how people are responding to quarantine and like what they feel is necessary, what they feel is not necessary, whether or not they want to wear masks or whether they're attending church or not, whether they're, you know, just like all the things like there's just a lot. I don't know. There's a lot of divisiveness, especially I feel like in Mm -hmm. my area. Um, Yes. And I don't know. Are you feeling that? way everywhere or I mean definitely and it's really frustrating for me when it comes to like my parents they're sort of the stereotypical boomers who would absolutely refuse to take any precautions seriously and they're like super super high risk because of their health issues yeah um all of that to say yes there's been okay (laughs) there's been some friction over that and that's just in family um i do feel like i do actually feel like most friends are um really taking precautions seriously we went to mass for the first time on sunday and absolutely everybody had a mask on everybody was doing the hand sanitizer the the all of the like routines and logistics of mass had been oriented towards like we had to put hand sanitizer in our hands literally before we went up to receive communion so in a sense, we are I, we are definitely more opened up than Pennsylvania is, but depending on where you go and who you're around, you're, it's like a spectrum of people really still being quite careful, and then on the other end, people being a little bit more um, open and whatever their comfort level is. So yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds accurate to this area. Yeah. Um, but I would say that within um, like the Hoffer family because Nate's family and well and I have a sister that lives in the area too with her family we're we're more like on the same page with things and so we felt comfortable opening up our quarantine circle to include them Um, we had spent some time with them um, this was like two weeks ago at this point but over the weekend we had spent some time with them at like a regular family gathering you know like hugs being allowed and like all that stuff and then we um I took the kids strawberry picking. This was on 
on Monday. I took the kids strawberry picking. They didn't touch anything. Afterwards, we stopped at a farmer's market. I was a little nervous to go. I was, the kids were really excited to go in with me, and it had been so long since they've done anything like that. I'm like, if they're getting excited about a farmer's market, goodness sakes, I should just give them the joy of that. But, you know, I they were wearing masks. I told them not to touch anything. And while we were in the farmer's market... I saw that my son touched a part of the cart that I hadn't sanitized. And in my mind, I was like, oh, please don't do that. And I was like, Rebecca, don't make a big deal about it. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Don't be so paranoid. Let it go. It's okay. It's okay. And you don't need to put that on your kids. Like you're already making them wear masks and do all the things. We don't need all this like fearfulness. Okay. Just like calm down. Then the next day, we go over to grandparents' house. They're hugging. It's going to be the last time that they get to be hugging their grandparents here in Pennsylvania because we are going to be traveling to Ohio to see my grandparents or my parents. They're they're Ohio grandparents. Right. And so before we go, we're choosing to self-isolate some more again to make sure that we're like 100% healthy um, before we go traveling and go to see Mm -hmm. other extended family. So this was like the final time that they were going to be together. There was hugs and everything. We go out to the car, and my son tells me my throat hurts. Oh my gosh! And I was like, okay, okay. So we get home, mom. My throat really hurts. I take his temperature. It's ninety nine four. I'm like, okay, something's coming. Something's coming. Mm -hmm. He has Mm -hmm. a sore throat and he has a fever. And we keep watching him. And I was like, okay. Uh, my 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 son has coronavirus. My mm. son got coronavirus. And I was like, no, Rebecca, that's ridiculous. Stop being so paranoid. And I looked up the symptoms. Well, you know, the symptoms of coronavirus are the same as every other symptom <laughs> of anything right. else that you would normally get. So is it allergies? Is it the flu or the common cold? Or is it a l- potentially life-threatening illness that you just gave to your grandparents? <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know, so I was trying really hard to just calm down. But I, I Meg, I'm just gonna be honest. I wasn't. I wasn't calm. I cried a lot. I was very frustrated. I called the doctor the next day. They said, Well, if they have a sore throat for 48 hours, we'll have them come in for a strep test. So I had to wait. Um, and then the morning that we were gonna call for the doctor's appointment, he threw up. Strep can kind of cause an upset yes, stomach sometimes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the you know, the nurse had warned me about that. And so I was like relieved. I'm like, okay, he threw up. So maybe it's not COVID. Anyway, so we go to the doctor and she's telling me, I really think it's strep. She does the test. And as we're waiting for the results, um, I'm asking her, so you feel pretty confident that this is strep and that it's, it's not COVID. Like if he tests positive for strep, then that means that it's like for sure not COVID. And she she says, yes, like she gives me like all these reassuring things. But Meg, like I just burst into tears like I I could not hold it in any longer. And I don't know if you have ever cried in your mask before. (laughs) No, I haven't. Not yet. You know, I cry every day, but not in my mask yet. I, I got out to the car. And I took my mask off and like the top part of my mask was all wet. And oh, I, was, no. I I took a picture. I'm like, well, this is what crying <laughs> in your mask looks like. Put this one in the scrapbook. Oh, Rebecca. Uh, okay. So basically the point being like, 
we we don't know where he got strep, okay? Like it it probably happened at the farmers market. It's very likely it happened there. It's possible that the family that we had just been with weren't having symptoms of strep. You can that is possible that you can pass it without symptoms. Um but it's probably that he got at the farmer's market, not necessarily from the cart, but it could have been from some of the food. It could have been from, you know, the person who was checking us out. Like, you don't sure. know. You don't know. Yeah. But I feel I, – I, I'm just I'm just having a hard time, basically, yeah. is it? Like, I'm trying really hard not to get, like, mentally crazy. About all this. And mm-hmm. then when I kind of try to loosen up, my son got sick. Right. And yeah. I had to sit with that for like 48 hours before f- being able to confirm that it was nothing, that it was okay, um, that it was strep. He got the antibiotics and immediately started feeling better and he's fine. Grace ended up getting sick. We got we took her to the doctor. She tested positive for strep. She's on the antibiotics now, too. She's fine. But it's this whole idea of, like, I th- I think I was handling quarantine okay. Like, there was definitely stresses of not being able to go out. But, like, now that things are opening up, there's, like, this new level of stress that I was not anticipating. Like, I didn't realize how hard it would be for me to go back to normal and right. to not think about germs. Right. Yes. Yeah. I've yeah. never been much of a germaphobe before. I remember distinctly having a conversation with uh, my sister-in-law. We were at one of those like frozen yogurt places where you go and like you get you make your own yogurt and stuff and like that's yeah. like a lot of touching and she yes. was telling me how she always has hand sanitizer on the car and like i never used to keep hand sanitizer on the car i was like well like right. why like why she's like oh well like when we leave here we are definitely using it i was like well why <laughs> like it, and she yeah. said well everybody just touched all that stuff and we just touched all that stuff and i was like oh okay Wow. Well, that's an interesting way to like think about the world and to live. And that sounds stressful. I'm glad I'm not worried about that. (laughs) Fast forward a few years and I'm having a mild panic attack in the farmer's market because my son just touched a part of the cart that wasn't sanitized. Right. And then when I like tell myself to calm down, then he actually did get sick. And I have to say that for me... I'm really not all that nervous about my kids getting COVID-19 or or my Nate and I getting COVID-19. Like I'm if we were to get sick, I I have faith that we would we would be okay. Especially yes. with kids, it's not really affecting kids all that much. It's it you know, it's going to like I think I really feel like we would be okay. Where my fear is based is in contributing to the spread. And being part of that problem and Mm -hmm. who we could potentially spread it to before we know that we have it and the the dangers that could come from that. Right. Yeah. Especially since we were just with high-risk grandparents. We're hoping to travel to see high-risk grandparents. Like, that makes me very nervous. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it is such a nerve-wracking time. It really is. And you're trying in your heart and in your 
logic and reason to make best possible decisions, what makes sense for you. But then, golly, you just never really think about how, how like dynamic this all is, how this, this decision can affect this. And that can have like a domino effect on, you know, on this area of our lives. Like, yeah, it is so it's such a different mindset that most of us have never had to live in before. It's we're having to create all new like neural paths in our brains. Because this whole concept of living in a time when there is a virus that is pandemically spreading, um, what it what that looks like for you as a person for your family, and not just you guys, but for everybody that you come in contact with. Right. Anytime you leave the house. Right. <laughs> it's so hard. So I, yeah. you know, it was good for me to talk to the doctor. She was very validating of my fe- feelings and my fears. And she said, you know, like, look at me. Like, you are not alone in this mental battle that you're going through. And we're going to see more of that. You know, when, if and when schools are up and running in the fall, we are expecting to see a lot more cases of strep and other, you know, regular illnesses. And um, this is going to be an ongoing struggle. And I like got out to the car and I was just like shell shocked. I was like, well, yeah, right. Like my kids go to school and they get sick and that happens all the time. But then like, what does that mean in, in like the era of COVID? Like if my kid gets a fever, does that mean that we all have to stay home for two weeks? Like, automa- like, automatically until we know what it is. Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just using some words to, like, externally process here. I cannot tie this up in a nice, neat bow and say that I'm okay. Because, like, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, friend. It's so hard. It's so hard. Truly. It is like having to navigate something that is so, feels really high stakes every time you turn around. And that constant stress, it wears on us after a while, for sure. And then to have something, not COVID, but to have a sickness actually happen, I think, yeah, that it totally makes sense that it made it more real, made it more like tangible to you. So yeah, it it really just threw me for a loop. Like I, I just wasn't expecting that level yeah. of stress to come from it. Because um, right. my kids have been very healthy. I mean, they've been home. They haven't been going anywhere. Right. They haven't been seeing hardly anyone. And I I do recognize that this is, um, you know, this very much ties into my, like, Enneagram 6-ness of somebody's sick. Okay. Uh, it's potentially COVID. And we just killed all these people. <laughs> <laughs> like like that that you know not everybody is going to have this struggle. My husband, he is not having the struggle. Right. Um yeah. But I think I think others might. And so oh, yeah, for I sure. I don't know if this I if this helps to make you feel like you're not alone, like you're not going crazy all by yourself. You're going crazy at least with me because <laughs> <laughs> because uh, these past week, yeah, I definitely had moments where I just was not in a good spot mentally, just not at all. Um, so I don't know how we, I don't, I don't know how we move through that. Um, I think probably being open and talking to people that we trust about it, um, having that open dialogue with our doctors, you know, when the time comes that that's necessary to seek out treatment. Um, 
you know, I probably should see a counselor at some point. <laughs> you know, like never hurts. It never hurts. Um, I just think there's going to be some lasting effects to us living through this time. Yes. And I'm just not sure what all they're going to look like, but. Yeah, I can definitely see it be me no longer rolling my eyes at like my sister-in-law wanting to use hand sanitizer after right. going to get frozen yogurt. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that story because that's a huge thing that we want to do um, on Sort of Awesome and especially with our superstars is just to remind everybody like you're not alone um, and that if you're struggling, you're definitely not alone in that. And maybe some of you all can also reach out and put your arms around Rebecca virtually and help her know that she isn't alone. I know, like I said, I'm not kidding. I cry almost every day, but, but it's, yeah, you get to that like breaking point of like, you think you've been coping and managing and then something happens and it just kind of all spills out. So have you guys had any, have you had any illness in your house? We had a very random tummy bug that was thankfully just diarrhea Okay. Uh, don't tell me my children that I told you all that. <laughs> They'll be so embarrassed. <laughs> but then it's like, you're, you're like, oh my gosh, we're trying to be so careful with hand sanitizer and we have masks on and all of this stuff. And we still made it to pick up something. I mean, it wasn't as scary because I mean, it's just like with diarrhea, it's just like, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. So there was no question mark about what was going on. But that's the only thing that we have had. But again, Oklahoma is pretty open right now. So... It's definitely on our minds. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. thank you for telling the story of that. So I'm so glad that your kids are on the upswing. That is the great thing when you go to the doctor and they're like, oh, it's strep or it's whatever. Here's some antibiotics. And it's like, okay, once we get the antibiotics flowing, people are going to be feeling better. So at least kiddos are feeling better, I hope. Yes. And we are in the clear and able to go to Ohio so far. So um, that's a question that I heard some people, goodness, I just knocked my mic over. Um, That's a question that I heard some people asking in the hangout group a while back. Like, how are you guys handling traveling to see extended family this summer? And um, so that this has been our approach. So if that's helpful for anybody to hear, um, choosing to do two weeks of really intentional self-isolation and being very careful about limiting outings before we go. Um, And then when we return, we're going to try to be really careful too. Then before we open our quarantine circle back up to people here in this area too. So yeah. So that's that. Well, you guys, that was our overflow for June of 2020. Cannot believe the year's halfway over. Here we go. Um, So Once again, as always, thank you guys so much for your support. Like I said, we've got some new things planned for you coming up in the next couple of months for our superstars, and we're very excited about that. Um, But yeah, that's I think that's all we have for this month. So Rebecca, thanks so much for joining me this week for this month. Yeah, and thank you for all those great recommendations uh, for the podcast and TikTok. I am going to check them out. Okay, and we'll drop a few links in the show notes for you guys to check those out. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you all next time. Hey, friends, it's Meg from the editing booth. Just kidding. (laughs) 
from my kitchen table. (laughs) Hey, we're not done yet. A while back, Rebecca and I did a confessions episode and she and I recorded one bonus confession that she had just for you guys. And I kept forgetting to get it put out into the superstars feed. So guess what? Here it is for you right now. A little bonus for your overflow. Okay. Hi, superstars. We are bringing you a real quick bonus right now because Rebecca wanted to share a little bonus confession with you, superstars. On our most recent confessions episode, she shared with the entirety of the Awesome Nation her classic Harry Styles card story that she had shared on an overflow. So Rebecca, you said you had a little extra something something for the superstars. So let's hear that. Yes, I have a little exclusive confession just for you as a thank you for your patience for enduring hearing that Harry Styles story twice. And this one is super appropriate for you superstars because it is about the Sword Awesome superstars. So last year, we did a couple of swaps with the superstars where we used that elfster.com website to be paired up to do these mystery swaps and send gifts to each other. So I participated in the spring swap in 2019. And Candy Huddleston, girl, you hooked me up so good. She gave me a bunch of stuff. Some of the highlights were these socks that have become like my go-to favorite socks. This vanilla tea by a really popular brand. What is it? Like Harry and David? Oh, Harry and David is a thing. Yes. Is that the kind of tea? Well, there's also Harney and Sons, which is another popular kind. But I'm sure Harry and David also makes tea. So I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. It was a good one. I can't remember. But this amazing vanilla tea. She gave me this bubble bath that I absolutely love. And she gave me this adorable little white ceramic planter that is a hedgehog with Mm. a fake succulent inside. And it was so cute. So I loved this thing. I love so much what she gave me. She even gave me more stuff. But I had this little hedgehog and I thought this is perfect because Although they say that succulents are like so easy to take care of, I keep killing my succulents and cannot keep them alive. So I put this little hedgehog in my bathroom, which doesn't get much natural light. I had it in there for a long time. Then I kind of moved it into my dining room. Well, fast forward to December. Okay, I got the swap in May. So it's like six months later. I noticed something about my little fake succulent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Meg. (laughs) It was dying. (laughs) Six months later, zero care, zero water, barely any sunlight. It took this poor thing six months. Once it started dying, it died fast. I mean, I tried to resurrect it. I started watering it. (laughs) (laughs) Then you started watering it like every day, which you're not supposed to do. (laughs) No. (laughs) But this thing just crashed and burned to the ground in December. And I even said to my husband, I was like, look, I thought it was fake. It's dying. And he's like, oh, I thought it was fake, too. That is hilarious. And that is so funny, but also kind of amazing that it took six months. And then six months later, it finally was like, well, I'm done. We're out. (laughs) Right? Like every other succulent I've owned that I've known is alive has died so much faster. Yeah. Apparently, thinking that it's fake is the key to success <laughs> staying alive in my house. So, Candy, thank you so much for that gift. It brought me so much joy and so much laughter this past December, especially. <laughs> 
That is too funny. Oh my gosh. Okay, good stuff. All right. Well, superstars, as always, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for giving us all kinds of reasons to laugh and enjoy ourselves right now, even in this most stressful time. Rebecca, thanks for the little bonus for our superstars. See you guys. Bye.